This episode is brought to you by my template shop on Etsy. That's right. I heard your feedback a couple months back and opened up a template store for all you Etsy lovers, and I have been blown away by the feedback so far. While all of my templates and bundles listed are already included inside my Playmaker Society monthly membership, now you have the option of purchasing these resources a la carte as you need them, which is perfect if you're not quite ready to jump in and join our Playmaker community quite yet. These templates and trainings start at just $7, are professionally developed and proven to work, and can save you hundreds of hours and dollars because, like you've probably heard a million times, there is no need to reinvent the wheel, especially when I have already created highly effective operations documents and templates and optimized them over the years to be exactly what you need in your business, exactly when you need them. Head to the show notes to browse my a la carte templates on Etsy starting at just $7 right now. If you're in the play and party business and you want to operate with more ease and joy, all while making the living you dreamed of, I created the Profitable Play Podcast just for you. Join me, your host, Michelle Caruana, for Small But Mighty Tips Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays that will all add up to a big impact on your mindset, your business, and your bottom line. Stick with me to keep the passion and grow the profit in your play or party-based business. All right, Playmakers. So something I mentioned that I love doing towards the end of the year in my business is doing some auditing and ensuring that I have all the loose ends tied up in all of my processes. Here in New York, our busy indoor playground season starts around October, but goes all the way through April. So this time before the holidays was absolutely crucial when it came to really setting ourselves up for success during this busy season and beyond. And while marketing became a bit less important during this time because we were basically packed every single day with parents hoping to escape the cold while still getting their little ones out of the house, it was absolutely essential that all of our operating procedures were on point during this time so we could ensure that each guest had an amazing experience. So I mean cleaning, ordering, scheduling, all that good stuff. And again, this helped ensure that our customers would continue supporting us and attending open play and classes and keeping their memberships active even when the warmer weather came around. So even if you're crazy busy right now and you're finding it a little bit hard to manage and you're a little bit tempted to get complacent, I would highly encourage you to keep that motivation. Now, this is another topic for another episode, but I definitely noticed that our success during any given month really had little to do with what we did in terms of action items or marketing or promotions that month, but rather what we had done to set ourselves up for that success and profitability two or even three months prior. So grab a cup of coffee and let's sit down together today and tie up one more loose end to make absolutely certain that you're able to sustain your success long-term. Now, this isn't the sexiest or the most fun topic, but it's one that is so critically important in helping you enforce your boundaries and protect your business, your assets, your staff, your other customers, and your sanity, all things that will aid in doing just what I mentioned a moment ago ensuring your business remains sustainable long-term. So today we are talking about membership agreements and contracts. 
Now, it came to my attention recently that for whatever reason, party or membership contracts are something a lot of owners skip over or save for later. Or, you know, they think, oh, you know, I'm a super small business. I don't need this, especially if parties or memberships aren't their main revenue streams. And I found that even those owners who are having their customers sign contracts and agreements, they might not be utilizing this opportunity to its full advantage. And this might sound like, you know, I'm trying to encourage you to pull one over on your customers or something like that, or, you know, getting them to agree to some gotcha clause or hidden fee or do something sneaky like that. But honestly, the opposite is true. Having clear contracts and membership agreements in place allowed us to set clear expectations well before our guests walked into the door, and it also allowed us to be extremely upfront about any boundaries, rules, or structures that we would be enforcing when they visit our space. Now, yes, back in episode 220 of this podcast, I detailed some clauses and details that you should be sure to include in your party contract. So if you're getting a little deja vu right now, it's not just you. We have talked about this before. But while I touched on membership agreements a bit in that episode, there are some things that I left out that really warranted its own episode. Because memberships are becoming increasingly crucial for indoor playgrounds to really hone in on. The economy is shifting and everyone is feeling it across all socioeconomic classes. We cannot wish and hope and pray that a random 25 or 50 unique customers will wake up today and decide to walk through our door anymore. It's not sustainable and it is not realistic to rely on that to pay your bills, pay yourself as an owner, none of that. Many owners are finding it much more profitable and reliable to focus on a core group of 100 to 200 customers, depending on, you know, your business's size, who value what they offer and prioritize their monthly membership spend each month. Now, that is not going to be everyone in your local area. Not everyone will be able to afford your monthly membership fee, and not everyone will value what you offer enough to make sure that they can afford it, to budget accordingly. And that's the beauty of offering a membership program. Instead of needing to get 600 to 1,000 or more unique customers to purchase an open play pass in any given month, we can simply keep our current you know, 100 to 200 members happy and see the same recurring revenue and profit come in month after month after month and honestly probably find a lot more joy in our businesses. Just, I mean, close your eyes, but not if you're driving, but close your eyes right now and imagine let's say an extra five to $10,000 hitting your bank account every single month reliably without you having to make a single sale. That's what a membership program, a successful membership program can do for your indoor playground business. You don't have to fight tooth and nail for every single 10 or 15 or $20 sale. You can keep a core group of 100 to 200 customers happy and just retain them as members every single month and continue collecting their fee. Now, I have dozens of episodes on memberships detailing everything from how to create a membership offer and what to include to how to price your memberships to how to integrate it with your other offerings such as 
packs of play passes and open play passes to how to develop seasonal only memberships. But if you're newer to offering memberships, I would recommend starting with episodes 64 and 115. I'll link them in the show notes to help decide if memberships are a good fit for your business, as well as how to get started with offering them. I'm telling you right now, there are more benefits than just a reliable stream of profit every single month. Your members will use your space differently. They'll form relationships with your other customers and your staff. They'll respect your space. They will pick up after themselves. They will be kind and understanding if you need to change prices or change your menu or change your hours. As long as you are open and honest and transparent, I promise you this is a game changer for so many indoor playground businesses. It certainly saved my sanity and my mental health and even my physical health. And that is why I am so passionate about talking about memberships and sharing the potential benefits on this podcast. But again, it all comes down to openness and transparency and trust with your memberships. And a good, solid membership agreement is exactly how to start that relationship off on the right foot. But I digress. Even though we've covered contracts before, in addition to getting more specific regarding membership agreements, because it's something that I only just touched on in episode 220, I really wanted to share this new episode and this new content with you today because there have been some really not so fun, some sticky, hairy situations that I've helped indoor playground owners navigate over this past year that has really forced me to go back and add some details to the detailed membership agreement and contract that I supply to all of my Play Cafe Academy and Playmaker Society members. So yes, if you would like a ready-to-go plug-and-play contract that you can tweak and add right into your business, you can get access to this template or agreement or contract. They're all kind of synonymous here, as well as hundreds of other pages of other templates when you join Play Cafe Academy by going to playcafeacademy.com or simply using the link in the show notes. There is still time to lock in 2023 pricing for Play Cafe Academy and Playmaker Society, but not for long. And real quick, before we get into this episode, contracts are not just to protect ourselves and our businesses as owners. A rock-solid and comprehensive contract and agreement can also be an amazing tool to empower your staff with if an issue does arise. And this goes beyond what's included in your typical open play waiver. Because as I mentioned, when someone signs up to become a member of our space, that signifies a need for a deeper level of trust and transparency on both sides of the agreement. So when there's an issue with a member, whether it's due to them not following a policy or due to them becoming overdue with their payment, the issue tends to become, or at least seems to become, amplified since they are in your space so much more and have formed relationships there with both your other customers and your staff. So giving your team members this tool to point to that the customers have already agreed to and signed can be a great way to easily and quickly diffuse any situation or maybe even prevent issues from happening in the first place. I know our staff really appreciated having this tool to point to, and taking care of our staff and retaining them as valuable team members was always a key component to our indoor playground business's success. So without further ado, let's get into some clauses that you need to be sure are in your membership agreement. 
And if you don't have a pen or you're driving and you can't, you know, make a note in your notepad, no worries. I have all of these listed out in the blog post for this episode. So you can go ahead and reference it whenever you're ready to take action on your play of the day today, which is to create or add to your current membership agreement. And real quick, I have to put this disclaimer in anytime I talk about contracts or legalities. This is not legal advice, and this does not substitute any legal advice. So whenever you come up with a contract or agreement or anything like that, make sure you have a local lawyer review it before you distribute it to your customers or start utilizing it in your business. Because even though I'm going to cover a bunch of different terms and clauses that you need to be sure are part of your contract, there are some, you know, just legal terms and clauses that you have to put in every single contract of your business that I'm not going to include here because again, indoor playground owners will typically just copy and paste them into every single contract or agreement that they have in their business. So again, make sure you're having a lawyer go over your templates or agreements or anything like that before you actually use them. And yes, the template that I provide to Playmaker Society and Play Cafe Academy members is developed by a lawyer. So they do include all those, you know, legal jargon clauses that you just have to include in every single contract, just in case you're wondering if you're, you know, a current member and you're thinking, oh gosh, did I miss something? No, you're not missing anything. I include all of those boring, you know, need to include terms in that template, but you still want to make sure you have a local lawyer review it just to make sure that everything you're putting out there is up to par with your local city and state legal regulations. I hate talking about that kind of stuff. I hate doing those little disclaimers. But again, I have to put it in there anytime I talk about this stuff. All right. Number one, you should always include membership terms and duration. So clearly specify the term of the membership, including the start date, and the expiration date. So you might have to put a little space there and put the start date and expiration date in pen. And outline whether the membership is going to be ongoing or for a fixed period. So back in a previous episode, for example, I talked about summer memberships. For those of us like in New York where summer kind of drops off in terms of open play, doing summer memberships for teachers or for people who may not be able to commit to a recurring membership might be a great idea, but you want to make sure that you are very clear about what that fixed period for the membership looks like. So membership terms and duration are very important to include. All right, number two, detailed membership fee information. So detail the cost of the membership, including any initiation fees or registration fees, recurring dues, and any additional charges. And make sure you include what a member can expect if they have additional children, or maybe when they signed up to become a member, they had a six-month-old, and you start charging for that six-month-old once they reach their first birthday. Include all of that so they're not all of a sudden surprised when you all of a sudden ask them to up their membership to include their additional child. So any of those details, make sure you include in your fee information clause. All right, number three, payment terms. So in addition to detailing how and when you will be charging a member's card, as well as the amount, be sure to clarify consequences for late or non-payment. So if you have a late payment fee, include that here as well. 
All right, number four, payment authorization. So some states like New York also require that someone signing up for a membership give explicit clear authorization for a business to charge them on a recurring basis. So cover your bases and include that. I've noticed that some indoor playground owners only have their members sign their waiver and a payment authorization form when they sign up for a membership and they don't actually have an additional membership agreement. And this can leave them open for liability and lost funds in the event of like a non-payment or a failed charge or something like that. And to summarize, a payment authorization form, and you can download these on Google, which I wouldn't necessarily recommend doing, but I've seen a lot of indoor playground owners do this, but a payment authorization in a membership agreement is a clause or provision that, again, allows the organization or business to collect payments from the member's chosen payment method on a recurring basis. This this authorization is a formal agreement that specifies the terms and conditions under which payments will be processed, including amount, frequency, and payment method, such as credit card or bank account. But in an indoor playground environment, there's typically much more to a membership than that, especially if your membership includes things like affiliate commission or a referral bonus program, extra bonuses and discount for members, and special member-only events or early access. So while a payment authorization form is nice to have, I found it more effective to have this payment authorization included in your larger membership agreement. Because again, this is only one key part of your membership agreement. It shouldn't be the entire thing. And I'm not saying that you need to have a membership agreement and a payment authorization form. You can put the payment authorization baked into your membership agreement. All right, number five, termination and cancellation. And this one is very important. So listen up, especially if you're multitasking. You want to explain the circumstances under which either party, so you, the business owner, or the member, the customer, can terminate or cancel the membership, including notice requirements and any applicable penalties or refunds. So let me give you some examples about why this particular clause is so important. So at our indoor playground, we would constantly get messages from Facebook, Instagram. Now there's TikTok and YouTube and email and in-person There are so many different avenues that our customers can use to communicate with us. And while this can be great because we're very accessible as small businesses, it can also be a curse, you know, as well as a blessing. So we made it extremely clear in our membership agreement that if somebody wanted to cancel, they had to provide that cancellation request in writing via email or in person, and it had to be at least five days before their next payment would process. And that just gave us a little wiggle room to, you know, check our email inbox, make sure we were up to date. And if I was on vacation or if our manager was out, it would make sure that if somebody requested to cancel in person, it would give us a chance to relay that information to either our manager or myself and get that cancellation processed. Now, did it usually take us five days? No, we would definitely try to get it canceled within 24 hours. But again, I wanted to overestimate and be conservative just to make sure we had all our bases covered and we were protecting ourselves legally. And sometimes, of course, if someone had requested to cancel and then you know we didn't get to it and four days later their payment processed, I would typically refund and apologize even though it was in our contract. So again, you want to make sure that you're legally protecting yourself if you need it. 
but you can be flexible in terms of what clauses you actually enforce. So make sure people understand that they can't send an Instagram DM, they can't send a Facebook message, they can't you know, send a TikTok message or comment on your TikTok video or something like that and ask to cancel their membership. Make sure you funnel all of those requests into one email address or have them request in person and make sure you have a process such that that information doesn't slip through the cracks because that can definitely happen as well. So again, make sure you specify the avenue which they need to request cancellation, the time frame that they have to request cancellation, and make sure you cover yourself if you offer things like annual memberships. So for example, I just released an episode about Black Friday sales, and I wanted to give you some inspiration about some deals that you can offer for promoting your memberships. And one of the things I talked about was annual memberships, where somebody pays upfront for an entire year. And in turn, they're able to get a savings in terms of you know their monthly fee. So for example, you pay 10 month of membership fee instead of 12, right? You get that little bit of a discount when you sign up for an annual membership. And that's a great way to incentivize people to sign up as annual members instead of monthly members. However, what happens when somebody cancels in the middle of their annual membership? Are you going to give them a partial refund? Are you going to ask that they finish out the year? Are you going to deny that refund? You really have to kind of sit down and figure out what feels good for your business and what makes most sense. But the key here is, you know, there's no right or wrong way to handle these annual memberships, but you do have to include whatever that is, whatever your policy ends up being, whatever feels right to you, it has to be included in your membership agreement. And I would also include what happens if somebody wants to switch to an annual membership and they're currently a monthly member. Do they get their savings kind of retroactively? You have to kind of figure that out and make sure it's included in black and white in your agreement. And in terms of cancellation or termination of a membership, you absolutely want to include terms on, hey, if the member doesn't pay or if the member doesn't abide by our policies or if they're, you know, they don't listen to our staff instruction or something like that. If there is an altercation or if this member becomes very disruptive and they're just not a good fit for your business, you want to make sure that you give yourself an opportunity to be able to cancel the membership or terminate the membership and maybe even ban the customer without having to make it, you know, an emotional decision. Put it in black and white. Hey, if, you know, you have, let's say, a three-strike policy. If a member, you know, gets written up or gets spoken to three times by staff, then there, that's the line. Your membership is now terminated and you can no longer visit our facility, whether it's for open play, a birthday party, a class, again, wherever you want to draw that line. And you'll know why I'm so passionate about making sure that people protect themselves in their membership agreement in this way. If you follow my YouTube channel, I have some horror stories about members that were once our best customers that, again, really took advantage of our space, were extremely rude. They did things like walk around with handfuls of almonds when we were a nut-free facility, even after we asked them not to several times, just clearly being defiant for the sake of being defiant. I really still to this day don't really understand their motivations. I'll link to that YouTube video, that specific horror story, but it resulted in a customer ban and it was honestly done way too late, so please learn from my mistake there. The reason that I didn't ban this customer earlier is because there was no clause or specific line that I could point to 
in the agreement that she signed that said, hey, we have the right to terminate this agreement at any point if these following conditions are met. Had I had that in my membership agreement, I think it would have been much easier and much less emotional for me to come to that decision. And it would have resulted in so much less stress and anxiety on my part and on the part of the other customers who's who you know were affected by her behavior. So again, I will link that video, but just know you absolutely want to include these cancellation or termination terms in your contract. All right, that brings me to number six, rights and privileges. So outline the rights, privileges, and benefits associated with your membership as advertised, such as access to the facilities, your hours, your services, your discounts, etc. This way, if there's any misunderstanding on behalf of either your staff or the member, it can be easily cleared up because as you know, you might do a promotion or you might have an added bonus for founding members or something like that. You want to make sure that a specific member's specific benefits are black and white in their membership agreement so that you can reference them if you need to. All right, number seven, and this kind of goes with number five, code of conduct and behavior. So specify expected member behavior, including adherence to company policies, codes of conduct, and ethical guidelines, and describe any disciplinary actions for violations. So for example, you know, if a staff has to speak to you, that's one strike. And then, you know, if there are three strikes, refer back to clause five or something like that. The point is to be absolutely clear here to protect your space, your staff, yourself, and your other customers. All right, number eight, liability and waivers. So be sure to include clauses that address liability, disclaimers, and waivers of responsibility for accidents, injuries, or damages that may occur on the premises during membership activity. So in this case, it would probably be during open play or during a class if you have a class membership. So in this case, I would usually just include like, hey, I agree and I understand that I've already signed the spaces waiver. You might want to keep that part separate, but just make sure you include in the membership agreement that the customer acknowledges that there is a waiver that also has been signed. All right, number nine, a photo release. So including a photo release in your membership contract for your indoor playground is crucial because it allows your staff to obtain consent from members to use their images in promotional materials such as marketing campaigns, websites, videos, and social media. This transparency and consent not only builds trust, but also provides legal protection and ensures compliance with privacy regulations. And by respecting your mem- your members' image rights and privacy and allowing them to opt out, like for example, if their child is in the foster care si- uh, system or if they just don't want their child's image being shown online, the indoor playground can create a positive member experience and increase retention amongst their members because, again, trust plays so much into this. And retention, as we know, is key for a successful membership program. All right, 10, affiliate or reward program details. So including details about affiliate or rewards program. So for example, if you give members added benefits or a discount or something like that, if they refer other members, including those details in your membership agreement is essential to provide transparency and clarity to your members. By outlining your program terms, eligibility criteria, and how these rewards are actually earned and distributed, The agreement ensures that members have realistic expectations. 
This proactive approach also establishes a clear contractual framework, minimizing disputes and enhancing the overall membership experience. And it can also serve as a valuable marketing tool. And you can remind customers like, hey, by the way, if you want to pay less on your monthly fee or if you want your monthly fee waived entirely, that's possible. All you have to do is X, Y, and Z, refer five new members or three new members. And oh, by the way, they have to stay members for X amount of months. You want to make sure you provide all those details here. All right, number 11. And now we're getting kind of more into the legality. So I'm going to share a couple clauses that you want to consider. But again, just know this isn't a 100% comprehensive list. All right, number 11 is intellectual property rights. So clarify ownership and usage rights related to intellectual property, such as copyrights, trademarks, or proprietary information created or provided by you, the business owner. So for example, let's say you give your members a downloadable resource every single month. You want to make sure that this member isn't, you know, distributing this to the masses or sharing it on their social media or reselling it, you know, worst case scenario on an Etsy store or something. You want to make sure that you are very clear about how they can use their membership materials. All right, number 12, confidentiality and non-disclosure. So really similar to number 11, if applicable, require members to maintain the confidentiality of sensitive information, trade secrets, or proprietary data shared by the organization. So a great example of this, because I know that was a bunch of legal mumbo jumbo. I got that from Google, but the reason that you want to include this is let's say you have a members-only VIP group or a members-only email list or something like that. And let's say you announce something privately, like the opening of a second location or announcing a special discount that is only for members. If somebody goes outside that VIP group and shares that information publicly and it negatively impacts you in any way. So for example, let's say, I mean, this is worst case scenario, but let's say, hey, you know, we signed a lease for the second location or we're looking at a lease for our second location. This is what it looks like. And you're asking for feedback or you're asking for, you know, help designing it or something like that. Something in your members only area. Let's say a member in that area taps their friend on the shoulder and said, hey, you know, so-and-so Play Cafe is looking into signing a lease at this location. And what if that friend swipes it out from under you or damages you in that way or any similar way? You want to make sure you're protecting yourself in this arena, especially if you're sharing information in a members-only area, whether that's a Facebook group or via email or in person, make sure you cover your bases. All right, number 13, privacy and data protection. So you want to make sure you address how your organization collects, stores, and uses member data, including compliance with data protection laws and the member's rights regarding their personal information. So make sure they understand like, hey, we have this member list. We are not going to sell it to, you know, Jeff Bezos or other local businesses to market to. We are going to keep your data and information private, and you can even include how you store their credit card information because a lot of members get wary about signing up for something on a recurring basis. So make sure they understand, hey, we don't have a spreadsheet sitting on our desktop with all of your credit information. We use a third-party secure vendor and we do not keep any stored credit information on our systems. Make sure they understand that so if there is a breach or if they have concerns about it, they can go to their membership agreement and find more information on that and ask questions. 
All right, number four, renewal and auto-renewal. So similar to a payment authorization, if the membership can be renewed automatically, specify exactly what that renewal process would look like. If they're going to get an invoice, what day of the month it's going to come out, include notice periods, fees, and the member's right to opt out. So again, going back to cancellation policies. This is especially important, again, if you offer annual memberships. Or if you plan, if somebody cancels, like for example, in the middle of the month, how are you going to handle that? Are they going to lose access right away? Are you going to give them a partial refund? Are they going to get access to the end of their payment period? These are all questions you need to ask yourself and hash out. Again, there's no right or wrong answer. It's just what feels right to you. All right, number 15, dispute resolution and arbitration. So outline the procedure for resolving payment disputes, whether through negotiation, mediation, arbitration, or litigation. So if they don't pay or something like that, or some clause is broken, are you going to require that they hire a mediator before filing a small claims court claim? Make sure you specify all of these details. And then finally, number 16, amendment and modification. And this is very important, especially if you're new with offering memberships. You want to explain how and when you as an organization can make changes to the membership agreement and what that process is. So are you going to have them re-sign it? Is it going to be retroactive? What might these policies constitute? Do they have the right to then opt out without a cancellation fee if they don't want to agree to these new terms? You want to make sure they know exactly what these changes might be, how they're going to be communicated, and what that means for them as the member. So again, this is not a completely exhaustive list of things you want to make sure you include in your membership agreement. It's just to make sure your wheels are turning. And I want to make sure that you are doing your due diligence to protect yourself, your assets, your space, your team, and again, sometimes most importantly, your mental health and your sanity. Because while memberships can be an absolute blessing to businesses like yours, it can also cause a lot of issues like that nightmare member that I had. So learn from my mistakes, cover your butt, and make sure you have all of these included in your membership agreement. So let me know, did I miss anything? Did I forget anything? Did any of these kind of strike a chord with you that, you know, oh gosh, I have to go back and add this? Did you forget any of these? Please let me know. Connect with me on Instagram. I love chatting with you guys there in my DMs. And I'd love to work with you more closely inside of Playmaker Society and Play Cafe Academy if you're not a member yet. So head to the show notes for all of that information as well as all of my other free and premium resources, courses, my YouTube channel, all that good stuff. I am so excited to see what your indoor playground business does in the new year. All right, have a great day and I will see you right back here on Wednesday.